I've got to spot off quite a lot. I have the sense that uh, that may change in this last hour. It's left, right, and center with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Hello, Jim. Of course, this is our regular feature at this time on Wednesdays, and according to the uh, cards and letters, you've been sending us one of the most popular things we do here. And let me mention again today, uh, we have extended the period simply because we're getting lots of input, but we'd like uh, we'd like lots more. The more, the merrier. Um, we're asking you to drop us a line, a fax, or an email, and tell us what you like or don't like about Talk of the Town. We're, uh, we're not looking to change the show for the sake of change, but every year or so we like to try to get a reading on our listeners and uh, what you like about the program, what you don't. Can we make it better by adding things or subtracting things? So uh, if you're on the uh, Internet, it's chapman at cjbk.com. The fax number is eight six eight six. I'll be all right. Six eight six ninety sixty seven, and the address seven four three Wellington Road South N six C four R five. That's NAB six counterfeiters for replicating fives. And we thank April Chappelle for that one, who won a little contest last year. To name that. Also, speaking of winning things, one of our correspondents this time is going to win a dinner for two at Michael's on the Thames. Uh, and I want to make this clear again, as I hope I have every day. The uh, the contents of your letter have nothing whatsoever to do with your with your chances to win. We're not going to give this to the person who writes the nicest letter and says the nicest things about the show, because that's not what we're after. We're looking for your honest comments. If you love the show, great. Tell us why. Uh, to make sure we don't change the things you like. If there are things you don't like about it, tell us that too. And if there's things you'd like to see us add, please let us know that. So you can contact us at any of those uh, three ways. I would ask you. Uh, not to call your comments in, only because we've got to get them all transcribed on to, to uh, uh, you know, report form anyway. So if you can get them down on paper or fax or email, that's uh, that's the best way to do it. Gentlemen, I want to uh, ask your thoughts on a kind of a couple of interrelated issues here, and we've dealt with both of them or aspects of both of them today. Healthcare in Ontario and education in Ontario, particularly this morning as it relates to uh, to medical students. We had Herbert Brill on with us, who's obviously a very bright and articulate young man in second year uh, uh, medicine uh, at Western. His concern is the tremendous debt loads that uh, that doctors are building up. That by the time they get out in their mid thirties, they could easily have a hundred thousand or more dollars in debt load. Uh, and that's at a time when, as he pointed out, they perhaps want to start raising a family, buy a house, have a mortgage, get a car, all of these things. And the debt load can be very daunting, um, which leads to the question, are we doing the right thing by increasing tuition and making people pay full value for the education they get? Given that, they can leave the minute the education is over. They can go to some other country, and that country can take the, uh, take the advantage of all the money we've invested in these individuals. And I want to tie that back to the to the uh, health care issue as well. Uh, here again, we have a situation where the government has set certain guidelines and said, this is the way the system works and there are no ifs, ands, or buts, and everybody sign up, please. And if you don't want to sign up, we'll sign you up anyway. There are no exceptions. Everybody belongs to this little club and nobody's allowed to join another one. Jeff, I'll go to you first on the education if issue. Is there anything... Is there anything fundamentally wrong from a fairness point of view? Whatever that means. I'm not sure I know what that means, but we'll pretend we both know. Is there anything wrong from a fairness point of view in asking university students to pay the cost of their education? 
there's something wrong with asking them to pay it up front, and that is that uh, not from a fairness standpoint, just from a pragmatic standpoint, what it means is that uh, many of our best and brightest people will never get to be professionals, that we won't be able to take their raw material of their intelligence and drive and add to that the education that can make them our, our most valuable people. Instead, what will happen is that the uh, the uh, group from which we'll choose our doctors and, and lawyers and, uh, and engineers and so on will simply be uh, the group of wealthy people. And, and I would suggest that as a group, children of wealthy people are not, uh, at least I've never heard it suggested, that they're generally a lot more brilliant than the children of poor people. So from a practical standpoint, the ultimate end result of that is that we end up with uh, a much smaller pool from which we're taking our uh, the people that we're choosing to invest a lot of education um, so that they can be the people who make our society uh, a better place. Um, now, whether they should pay for it in the long run, that's something that I don't have as much trouble with. And I uh, look at the MBA program, for instance. Um, if you want to become a business person and uh, you want to take an MBA, and uh, over the course of your lifespan, you can expect that you're going to uh, have earnings of two, three hundred thousand dollars or more a year, it's probably not unreasonable to suggest that at some point you should be paying something back. Um, and and to that extent, I don't have a problem particularly with the idea of lending money for the, for some specific kinds of jobs. Um, medicine's a bit tougher one, and it gets a lot tougher when you get down to things like uh, what we're seeing now is nursing. A lot of jobs that aren't high-paying jobs where the tuitions have gone way up. And uh, if people come out of uh, out of a nursing course, for instance, with uh, $40,000 in debt load that they're expected to pay back, that's a big problem. The other thing is that the way the loan system is set up right now is you're expected to start paying pretty well once you graduate. Mm -hmm. That's not when you've got the money. You know, that what they need to do is look at, you're going to pay it back down the road somewhere. Um, the other part of it, though, is that we've, we've for the last, whatever, 20 years or 30 years, uh, had this idea of university of education that everybody who wants to go to school should be able to. When I went through university, my tuition was, I think, about $700 a year. Uh, and what we're running into now is a problem where we're competing with the United States where uh, tuitions are much higher. It costs uh, $20,000 plus a year uh, to take the same program at Harvard as what I took at Western. Um, but then those people, once they graduate, can go out and get jobs to pay a lot more. So what we're finding is people are taking advantage of cheap education in Canada, or still relatively cheap compared to the States, uh, and then moving to the States and getting the advantage of the high, uh, the high uh, income there. I think there's nothing wrong with suggesting that if you're going to do that, that's fine, that the, the minute you leave Canada, you've got to pay back all the subsidized education costs, and not just your loan, but the actual subsidized costs, because a lot of the cost of uh, education is, of course, still borne by the government. So what would you do if someone said, I'm not going to pay? Would you throw them in jail? Oh, well, I guess I'd say you can't leave then. I, I don't know. That's something I haven't thought through, but uh, one way or another, it seems Obviously to me... Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's that? <coughs> go, Bob, go. Yeah, I'm, take I'm, it over from here. I, is I'm there just, something wrong with that? I think everyone should pay for their own education, period, and that's it. If they have trouble paying for it, wherever they get their help from, they owe that money back. And you're suggesting that we should only pay back the government that finances us if we leave the country. Why not? Why shouldn't everyone pay it back? Isn't that fair? If you're talking about being fair? I'm not interested in fairness. In I'm interested in what's going to create the best society for me. And if it means that a lot of really smart people won't be out there being doctors or won't be able to be nurses, about that's bad for me. I'd rather have a smart person be a nurse than a dumb person be a nurse. Doctors and nurses are no different than you and I, Jeff, in terms of who subsidized our education. My education was paid for 100% by the taxpayer, but nobody's talking about locking me into the country. And mine wasn't. I had student loans. So... But but whatever, you you can still leave the country. What do you mean your education wasn't subsidized by the government? Oh, you said it was paid for 100%. Well, mine was uh, mine was subsidized partially. by myself. Yeah, yours <laughs> was paid for 80%. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, still, the government, I'm talking about the portion that the government paid on yeah. your behalf, which, yeah. was, which was a larger fraction of it. Oh, sure. So why shouldn't everyone 
have to pay that back. See, my idea of education taxes is totally different. I don't operate on the Rob Peter to pay Paul approach. I say Peter pay for Peter, Paul pay for Paul. So that if the government paid for my education, though that which is called education taxes to me would be only for the taxes that I used in the, in the provision of my own education or of my children. And then buy, the tax would stop do you at buy some the idea point of, in my of life. Paying later though, or do you feel you should have to pay up front? Well, that's, that all depends upon opportunity and a person's circumstance. If you've got a lot of money, you should be allowed to pay up front. If you haven't got a lot of money, you should be allowed to borrow it somehow, as long as you pay it back. And that's, that's how it should work. Now, would you want to say the borrowing on the open market, or does the government have a role there? The borrowing should always be on the open market. Government is, is the last agency of resource, and if, and if someone's in a situation where they're borrowing to invest in an education that the odds are they aren't going to get back, in terms of the money they're borrowing to get the education mm -hmm. for, uh, well, maybe that's not a wise decision. Yeah, but I, don't, I yeah. would submit to you there probably aren't very many educations that would fall into that category. In, in what sense? That, you, like, that, that the, the, the value of the education is not enough over the rest of your life to have paid back the cost well, of it. Well, you might argue that if people were paying for their own education and knew that the taxes they paid were strictly for their choices, they might not make the choices they're making now. I think you'd see fewer people going to arts and sciences and things, or into the arts mm -hmm. part of, of education and going into more specific things. But isn't there, are you, you're not suggesting, surely, Robert, you're not suggesting there's no value to a liberal arts education. No, the value is to the person who gets it. Isn't and if there's any value to it, he would be willing to pay for it. Without, but isn't there a value to the, to the society, the way beyond the value to the individual? Isn't that the whole premise of liberal no, arts No, when education? society starts valuing you in terms of what you can give to society, it will turn you into a prisoner, which is what Jeff is suggesting here, is that we can't leave the country because the government educated us. Well, that applies to every individual in this country, and for one person to point a finger at doctors and nurses because they got their education the same way the rest of us did is a little bit hypocritical, wouldn't you say? So what's the end result then? If we, if we had a system like that where everybody had to pay 100%, because it is heavily subsidized by government right now, would you expect to see less education going on? No, uh, I, would, I would expect a, an industry to explode right under our noses because, mm -hmm. first of all, the real cost of education is probably you know, 3 to 5% of what we're paying right now through government, and I believe that. Some people think I'm crazy when I say, well... You don't need teachers for, for everything. I think teachers are for specialized areas and for specialized information. You mean and like the, apprenticeships? Or? Um, well, now you're, now you're sort of entering into the labor market, which is a little bit crossing, Who's gonna crossing the line. Teacher? Hmm? Who's going to teach other teachers? You mean the Internet, stuff like that? Self-teaching? Any, any form of, of getting information and education. The main thing you have to have in order to process all that information is a fundamental knowledge of reading and literacy skills. Mm -hmm. And there again, our public education system isn't delivering that because they, they don't teach phonics. And phonics has to be a fundamental But, but yeah, you element. walk down to a library and it may have all the information in there, but the average person is going to be able to say, well, this is the specific book I need to learn the best, or this book's better than this other book. You need somebody who's been there to be able to tell you, sure. this is the road you take. Because sure. there's so much information out there now with well, the Internet. Look at how do you, how do you most people, when they want to go learn? out and watch a movie, for example, there are so many movies out there, they don't know which one to choose. So what they do is they tune in to Siskel and Ebert. And they listen to what they have to say, and they might choose or reject the movie because of that. You're going to see, you're going to see an explosion in referral agencies and in in what schools can offer and would offer. You're going to see teachers get into their into their own lines of specialty, and and, and they can make money based upon how well they can provide their service to a greater number of people. I mean, that's the way everything should work. What, okay, before we go any further, I want to come back just for a second here. When you talked before, Bob, about not being able to get financing if, it, if, it's, if you're not a good risk. I'm, you didn't use those, those words. But 
are, would, are you, would you not be at all concerned in a situation like that that our banks, who are notorious for their lack of, uh, of uh, uh, societal concern, uh, that it might be very difficult to get a loan for an education from? I mean, a banker's going to look at you and say, well, maybe you graduate, maybe you don't, maybe you make a buck, maybe you don't. I'm not in the maybe business. I'm not giving you any well, money. Well, whether you do or not, you're obligated to pay back any money that you borrow, even if you don't finish school. But you can always or go bankrupt. You can, but that's another process, and if and if there's a high percentage of that going on, bankers are going to consider that. It's not them being heartless. It's so them so not throwing their customers' money away at deadbeats. But, so there's, but there's no role then for the government as a representative of a society that wants to see that those among us who want to become educated get edu educated. There's no role for government to, to be involved in that funding and in the, in, the, in the lending of that money? Not legitimately. I think that we have to go through that process to get back to where we should be from where we are now. Um, you know, if government, again, is to supply any funding at all, it should be taxpayer-oriented. For example, Jim Chapman pays for his education, his education taxes. If he can't pay for the education at the time he receives it, the government will pay it for him. But the taxes that he pays only pay for his education, not for his, his neighbor. children as well? His children's if he education? wants to, and then they take over their own burden of their funding when they're old so, enough to so do so. So, in other so. words, I wouldn't pay any education tax, but I would have to pay for my child's education. Or, or a tax for your child's education. That's okay. something that, that, that's, that, that's such a far point removed from where we are now, but it's a, it's a direction to go in, absolutely. Okay. The direction we have the to go in. The point is, right you're not paying for somebody else. Okay, the direction we have to go in right now is uh, to these important messages. Please stay with us right here in 1290 CJBK. And this is Left, Right, and Center with Schlemmer and Metz, and we've got John on the telephone. Hi, John. Morning, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, no disrespect, gentlemen, but it sure would help if you kept to the subject matter instead of flying off at all t in all directions as far as uh, various other uh, uh, subject matters. Well, John, that's uh, what the show is all about. We don't have a subject that anybody has to stick well, to. Well, I don't I'd even like know to, where we left the subject uh, that I'd we were like talking to, about. I would like to comment, if I may, with respect to the subject matter, namely education, people having a job after they're educated, and the availability of those jobs. And what has transpired is somebody once said, what has taken place, we can assume as to what will happen. And basically, that's what we're situated with today. I give a personal experience as far as my own daughter is concerned, who is in the medical field. And she did her uh, initial training at Beale School. Then she went to Niagara and uh, student loan and did her training there. Uh, got a uh, registered nurse certificate uh, in chemistry and things like that. Uh, not with honors, but certainly uh, credible, let's put it that way, was unable to get a job in an attempt on her behalf to pay back her student loan. She w was in, uh, employed in the service industry and religiously paid what was required of her each month to pay back a loan to the extent that she didn't have a stick of furniture to her name, that everything that she did went towards paying back the loan. The end, and her attempt to get a job in well, the medical field... Wait a thing. minute, let me finish. Her attempt to get a job, which was Windsor, Toronto, Kitchener, and even Niagara Falls, was fruitless because the hospital says that they had enough staff. Now we're bleeding, approximately four years later, that errors were made and that we didn't look towards the future and that we don't have the staff that is required. So what did she do? She went down to the States, not because she wanted to go down to the States, but because Canada couldn't afford or wouldn't, uh, you know, 
as far as her employment was concerned. So the bottom line, Jim, is quite frankly is, and it's been my purpose in life, and I've always followed it, you make a commitment and two parties are involved in a commitment. So if people are encouraged to get into a certain field, it's the responsibility of the society, government will be what it may, to uh, make a commitment and say, you will have a job. But to educate people and then turn around and say, well, we don't have any vacancies, causes dissent. Anyways, that's the end. You know, that's the bottom line. All right, Jim. thank you, John. Bye. See, John, John's looking for guaranteed jobs to be provided by the government that promises them and which cannot deliver them in the first place. Uh, you, know, you know, only where you see a government provision do you hear complaints that the business is, is growing. Like, like whenever I used to go to the school board, they used to always complain that there were too many students and they couldn't accommodate them next year and this was creating problems. Now, if this had been a business, they would have been saying, man, business is going to be better next year. We're going to have more students. We're going to have more income. We're going to have more teachers, more people employed. But it doesn't work that way Well, in that's government. because shareholders don't mind investing money when you're growing, whereas taxpayers do. Sh taxpayers hate it. Well, so taxpayers they don't invest. they a lot of complaining when they have to build a new school and say, oh, I don't have kids in school. Why should I have to pay for There's those no little rugrats? Taxpayer investment is a contradiction in terms. What is, what is taken from you in taxes is, is not returned to you. Oh, sure it is. It's, if you believe I drove you down a road this morning well, that uh, was provided by it. Well, how much did you pay for that road? I ran across some stats last week that said that the national debt of this country, which hovers officially somewhere around $600 billion, that $15 billion of that went to, went to the Canadian people, went for goods oh, no. and services and, and programs and so on, and the rest of it is interest on interest on interest. Yeah, and a big part of the problem, you're right, is that uh, like our, our deficit and accumulated debt has just exploded in the last 20 years, and that's because of, uh, of deficit spending that has gotten into all this interest. But, but, but what I understand, and my, what I've read, is that the interest was caused by high interest policies back in the early... Uh, well, I, I wouldn't dispute that, but you, you made the point that you're, you're getting value for your dollars. What I'm trying to point out is you're not getting very much value for your tax dollars. Well, again, I guess the thing is that what you're saying is it was expensive. Would it have been any cheaper to have it a, a private turnpike? And I'd suggest it's not. Certainly, there's all kinds of precedent well, for that. We've had lots way. of toll roads in, in Ontario in our history. This Burlington Skyway was built it's, as a it, toll road. It's very difficult. It's not cheaper. It, well, 407's see, not cheap. As a, as a consumer, you can say that because when, or that, and that applies to hospitals and education too, because I could say when I go to the school, it's, hey, it's real cheap. It's free. Ha, ha, ha. It's not cheap. It, I'm probably paying it's cheaper than two private or three. School. Well, if I had to pay up front the same way, because cause I'm having the money taken out of my pocket. But give me back the taxes that are going to the public education system right now. Give me a choice. Let the schools be privatized and let me choose a school that I want to pick. And I'll guarantee you my education costs will drop. Well, I guarantee you that your quality of your education will drop as well. That's, that's uh, a I think that's probably the fundamental difference between true. you and I is that you trust business and I, I don't. Can't, I can't picture I a worse quality education <laughs> than what our government schools are but delivering today. But it's always today. easy to say that the civil service is bloated and blah, 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 you know, that the, the, the government wastes all this money and everything else. But at the end of the day, you know, we've had Jeff, governments government for the last decade system. that have been slashing and burning and auditing and double-checking and everything else, and they haven't found the fat. It, it isn't there. Governments are, are of course uh, it's there. commensurately efficient it's in with the salaries. big companies. I would argue Smaller entities may be more efficient. Professionals who are not. Their salaries properly. have been frozen for the last well, would decade. You, are you suggesting then that our present tax rates, which depending on how you look at them, are somewhere in excess of 70% of what you earn you're paying in taxes, are you suggesting that that is a reasonable price to pay for the society in which we live? 
Well, what would happen is you're saying that if we had 50% or 30% taxes and then spent the rest in buying services that would leave us with exactly the same standard of living, I would say that's not any better. It just means you're trusting, uh, you're trusting guys like uh, Frank Stronach and Conrad Black to run your hospital or to run your uh, uh, roads or whatever instead yeah. of trusting uh, Mike Harris. Uh, yeah. But you don't get to vote for, uh, for Frank Stronach or, or Conrad Black. There isn't choice on those kinds of issues. Uh, there isn't a magic solution where you can say privatize and it's cheaper and better. It but just doesn't work you, that way. You do get to vote for Conrad Black today. You either buy his paper or you don't. Oh, sure. And, and listen, I, I don't mind. I, I, in fact, I'm a strong supporter of private enterprise all over the place for all kinds of things. And I love entrepreneurs. I think God bless uh, developers. But developers not for healthcare or education, right? But there are some things that, from my perspective, I want to have more control over. And I want to have elected people deciding what's going to happen. I want to have elections. I want to have trustees. Are I you? want to have input that's are direct. Because if I call Conrad and say, I'd like you to change this cartoon tomorrow, he's not going to do it. Okay. Well, you've called the school board and said, I'd like you not to buy that expensive furniture. And they're not going to listen to you there either. Oh, sure they will. That won't do that again. Well, they just did it. They well, just, I did just it. said they won't do it again oh, because it was such a foo-for-all. But if don't bet the free press bought the same furniture, would there be a similar foo-for-all saying our paper price is going to go up and all that? They'd say it's none of your darn business. No, it is, it, but it manifestly would be our business because if the paper price went up and we felt it wasn't justified, we wouldn't buy the paper. We didn't have the option with the school board. Oh, sure I couldn't. Did. I couldn't say I'm not going to pay my education or that portion of my education taxes that went to your lavish reconstruction. We have massive changes in our in our government all the time. You know, if you say that, for instance, if you had said. Uh, six or seven years ago, government is in Ontario what government will always be. You can't change anything. It's always going to be the same old, you know, lefties running the province. I would suggest it still things is. have changed immensely, you know. Things Ridiculous. change dramatically. Ridiculous. And the changes that happen in government are far, far more dramatic than the changes that happen in business in response to public pressure. Realistically, you have sea changes, uh, you know, and if you talk about uh, uh, you know, I've heard some people suggest, oh, well, the, the politicians can't really do that much. It's the civil service that runs it. That's totally untrue. The government decides what's going to happen. We saw massive, massive changes in the way Ontario was run within a couple of months of the last election. We've got a direct input into how things let run me, in, let, in let the government, but Jeff. not in business. If, if, if government provided health care and education are so much better, why aren't they voluntary? I mean, if they were so much better, and, and we said instead of forcing everybody to go on them and taking away all their choices, let's leave the choices there and tell people on their tax returns that they can choose to be part of the government education system or not pay taxes and pay for their own education in the private market. If we just had that opportunity out there... So rich people could have two-tier educations a lot better than the rest of us? No, I'm talking... You heard what I suggest. A yeah. poor person can go to whatever school they want. It's just that the taxes they'll pay back later in life will be for their own education if the government provides them with that money. Or I've even been thinking about that provides. idea, by the way, and I think I remember one time hearing that it cost $5 million to train a fighter pilot, and I'm thinking, you know, if we force that fighter pilot to pay back that $5 million on what you make in the Canadian Armed Forces, he'd be paying for hundreds and hundreds of years, and I still want to have fighter pilots in Canada. There that's are some a, things that are expensive yeah, but, to train for. But that's a function of his job, just like an employer pays X thousands of dollars to, to train each and every it's employee. It's all education. Because it's part of, well, not in the... It, but that's that's a market education. It's not paid for by the taxpayer. It's paid for by sure the customers of the service. I paid know? for that fighter pilot. Well, so you, you. you pick the military, which <laughs> happens to be a proper function of government. So, yes, that would be paid for through taxes, but the same principle applies to a private employer. Well, in fact, there is which, precedent that, you know, I, I, I believe in Germany, if it isn't the case now, it certainly has been that, that companies have, have been far more active in educating and, and training their employees, uh, that they didn't see it as a state responsibility so much, but more of a government responsibility. I believe in Japan that that's the case well, as well. 
speak about education, but I'll tell you about health care in Germany. The health care there began that way with private health clubs, they called them, or health associations, uh, where you were free to pick and choose and you put your money where you wanted. Now it has metamorphosed into what is effectively a government system. The Star East Germans. The same, <laughs> the same structure exists, but it is now it is controlled and limited by the government. So there's a situation where they started with a private, with a, with a private system and the government co-opted the private system. I've been very surprised that we haven't seen more of a move towards privatization than we have, frankly. that I thought that uh, when the Tories were elected, and, and in, in Alberta as well, they were sort of experimenting with the idea of, of bringing in more privatization. as a, a hospital corporation of America that runs tons of hospitals in the States. I would have thought they'd have some pilots up and running by now. And it's been very interesting to me that there hasn't really been a push for that. We haven't heard the government suggesting privatization. Well, maybe they're not the ogres that you people on the maybe left they're, <laughs> Maybe they're just as left-wing as I've been trying to say. But you're still, you're still avoiding the fundamental question. You're, you haven't answered the question yet of why don't we have a choice and why can't it be voluntary? Because to oh. me, that is the whole issue. But again, are you saying that we would have the same schools that we have now, but I get to decide whether I send my kid to uh, a Christian school, for instance, or to uh, the local school, or to a French school? I can't say that because I don't know what the marketplace out there would demand. I, I'm not going to play dictator here and say that I think this is the school system that everybody should have. But I'm going to put into place a system that responds to what the, what the market is saying and delivers it whether you like it or not. No, and if you're saying you know? that, that that's the kind of choices you're talking about, I don't have a problem with that. But if well, you're saying that kind, somebody who's wealthy about? who wants to send their kid off to Ridley College because they can afford to do it shouldn't pay education tax, I don't see the point in that. Well, if they pay for the education themselves, it's not a burden to anybody. Why do they have to pay an education tax on top of it? Well, again, what you seem to be saying is that we should have a two-tier education system. And that we basically have a two-tier education. No, no, we no, 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 no. We'll make it three or four tiers then. As it's, as Let's it's go to the phones now. This is left, right, and center where Schlemmer and Metz and Dave joins us. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jim. How are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, just a point about the cost of education. I'd like to put a plug-in for the uh, community colleges and the and university, I've been educated both uh, university and community colleges, and it was, uh, we talked about cost of education. Uh, what I liked about the community college is that uh, for an employee, or an employer rather, he, uh, he has a better chance of recouping his, uh, his financing because the community colleges per se seem to, through co-op, educate their uh, uh, students better, and when they go, uh, when they're employed, they can put them on stream, and they get a better return than somebody with a liberal arts, uh, not uh, no not question. including uh, specialties such as law. No question, or but some but, other but the point the point of a liberal arts education is not to make you a, another cog in the industrial machine. That's not what it's all about. No, but I think the the cost you you're getting into the cost of fund, like who's going to pay what, and how we can. Uh, improve on the cost well i think the cost of a of the students going to the community colleges uh they get a, uh, a better bang for their buck than than the university they do or that we taxpayers do yes yeah okay. definitely yeah, that's a good point david appreciate uh, your call well, today well, Okay, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Well, one of the things that's interesting for me, though, is the distinction between a Fanshawe College and a, and a Westervelt College or Toronto School of Business. The, the private um, schools that are running programs that are fairly similar, I, like in my experience, I know that there are, are legal assistant or paralegal courses at both, and I, and I don't know that much about the differences, but I, I believe that the tuition at the private schools is way higher because it's not government subsidized. Mm -hmm. uh, I have people coming in uh, uh, one, one form or another that I deal with where they've got these student loans where they're looking at... Uh, uh, Twelve or thirteen thousand dollars a year for student loans. If they've got families, particularly, it's very difficult. Um, if they graduate with a paralegal uh, certificate and then 
uh, go out and have forty or fifty thousand dollars in student loans that they have to pay back over ten years. That's that's really hard because you don't make that much as a legal assistant. Well, sure, but if you open a little variety store and it costs you fifty or sixty or seventy thousand dollars to to uh, to borrow the money to open the variety store, you're not likely going to pay that off in ten years either, and it's going to be tough for you. Well, yeah, and the question is whether it's a good idea or not. From from our end of it. Uh, uh, and, and this, I guess, I think, is where Bob and I differ. For my end of it, I like to have some sort of sense that we're getting the best people into these spots. And maybe in variety stores, that's the way that happens. People are that highly motivated just, to start the what variety I'm, stores. What I'm stunned at, Jeff, is that you think that the democratic process is the means by which you have any control of anything. I mean, of of all the things in the world, you don't want to be part of is a committee or a democratic process where your your vote counts for nothing. Believe me, do you vote? Unless unless you, you vote, unless you vote with the winners every time. That's the only time your vote counts, because in voting, voting is set up for winners and losers, okay? That's the whole point of it, to have a winner and a loser, which I don't think is how our political system should run, but it does, because we don't have proportionate representation. But nevertheless, it's a voting system is win and lose. The market system is win-win. Everybody, market system is not win-win. Yes, it is. <laughs> because... because so, so you're, you're last week, talking, we're talking about executive compensation. If I don't like school A, I can leave school A. The government won't force me to go there or pay taxes to pay for school A. In you know, again, in voting, if you're if you vote for something or you believe the school system should be doing X and it does the other thing because the majority don't agree with you, your vote doesn't count for anything. Yeah, Jeff. But you don't get what you want. But Bob, it counts up to the moment of the, that the votes are counted. I think that's the important well, element. If of the, the, well, if also the, the point of an changes. education system is to be a big lottery and award benefits to some winners and really nail it we to the them, losers. We call them the most qualified. Well, <laughs> qualified in what sense? Well, as it stands right now, you look at most professions, for instance, there are, uh, there are things you have to go through to qualify. They don't just let everybody be a doctor. They say, we're not going to let you be a doctor because you've got a lot of money. We say, we're going to let you be a doctor because you've got really high well, grades, you've worked really hard, you've shown us that you're somebody who can likely take the education we're going to give you. That's to qualify that for a, a really certain, good doctor. certain standard. That, would exi that exists in the private marketplace, too. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Well, so so that's not a government. But, you have to go back to the, an issue to go back to the voting thing for a minute. I've certainly supported parties that have won and parties that have lost. For my end of it, it's not that I call somebody and things change, but on the other hand, things can change mass. Things can change massively. And I look at or, uh, health in Ontario for. For instance, What's today, changed? it's changed immensely from what it was under the common sense revolution. The well, government you, is extremely no. sensitive to public opinion. I've noticed that everybody's all concerned about health care, so all of a sudden their focus has changed from we're going to cut the fat out of health care, we're going to cut a billion dollars out of it, to all kinds of ads saying, no, no, we've actually added a billion five. Actually, we're doing all these wonderful things because we care about health care more than the other guys do. So you're That's telling me if Bob Ray had got elected that he would have done anything different than Mike Harris I'm saying Mike Harris has done the opposite of what Mike Harris said he was going to do because of public opinion. All right, let's go back to the phones where Ivan joins us. Hi, Ivan. Hi, Jim. How are you? Fine. Yeah, interesting program. He's talking about the debt. Our debt's not $600 billion. Our debt in Canada is probably close to a, a trillion dollars. Well, it, Ivan, if you had been listening, you would have heard me the say, Canadian dollars, said though, something Ivan. about the official number is around $600 billion. Yeah, I but I'm talking about all, all, what well, about Ivan, all the provinces. Yeah, okay, what fine, about their sure, debt? Fine, that, everybody, that, yeah. That's part of our debt fine, also, Jim. Fine, no problem. Okay, now, here's something else. Every time I turn on your program and you're talking about wealth, I don't think Jeff likes wealthy people. <laughs> I love wealthy well, people. Well, you don't, because you're always <laughs> knocking them. If it wasn't for wealthy people, you wouldn't have wealthy people putting millions of dollars into the universities, like the Ivy, Ivy Fund. The problem I have is... Do you, realize, do you realize it's the wealthy people that make this country go, not poor people? No, it's, it's and the you middle know something, class. Jeff, you can be wealthy, too, if you want to pay the price. But you're not willing to pay the price. 
Yeah, well, again, what we've had over the last 10 years is we're creating a lot more wealthy no, people no, no, by making a lot more poor people. I just don't see that as a good for thing instance, for our society. I think we should all be around the middle somewhere. No, no, no. no. You mean you want right, to well, tell me how much money people. I can earn? Exactly. Wow. Now, here's something else about education. People should have to pay back their education. I know many people that have gone through university. You know how they've done it? They didn't borrow the money. They didn't take it from their parents. They went and went to university for a year, worked a couple of years, went back to university for a couple of years, worked a year, and they worked themselves through university. Yeah, that's great. That's great. After, yeah. Everybody should have to but do that. But it's harder that. to do that than it used to be, Ivan. It's, what do you mean? I could, right now, I'll just tell you something. I've got grade 9 education. That's all I have. And I'll bet you any money right now, I can go and phone up a siding company and ask them for a sample yeah, case. You can, Ivan, but not everybody and, can. Not, every, and, but, not everybody has your gift of, gift of the gab or your gift of getting along with do, people. Do you know, do you know why, the, why, the, why the United States is such a great country? Their country is called American, and the last three letters are C-A-N. It's not C-A-N-T. There's no such thing. Word is can't. The only ones that put the word into, into themselves is themselves, Jim. But this idea about knocking wealthy people, the reason I'm not wealthy is because some of the stupid decisions that I made away on my way in life. That's why. It's all my fault, Jim. Well, I appreciate your idealism and the idea well, that you I only get money for hard work, fact, that there isn't any such where's, thing where's as uh, corruption in the system, that if you made said. $20 million last year as the head of Bell Canada, it was just because you worked a lot harder than you and me. Just as much corruption in the poor as there are in the, in the rich. Maybe you're right. But I, I, would, I would say it's very naive to say there isn't corruption amongst some of the rich. Didn't, I never said that. You're trying to put words in my mouth. Okay, so I can we agree that some wealthy people are not, are not ones we should admire and other ones we should admire? I know a lot of people that, have, that do a lot of good but in me the too, world. Me too. Me too. And I love them. You're not suggesting, though, that people are deserving of our respect simply because they're wealthy, no, are you? No, absolutely. Okay. Not with the position that they stand. Okay. Already. All I'm just saying is that people should pay for their education. It's a business. They go to four years. It's like a person starting a business. Yeah. They mortgage their house. Yep. And for four years, it, they don't earn any money. At yeah. the end of four-year period, they start earning money. Yeah. That's exactly how the education system. Okay. And if you can't stand the heat, get the heck out of the kitchen. All right. Thanks, Ivan. Thanks for the call. We're going to pause for a second. 643-1290 is our telephone number, and we'll be right back. Left Brain Center with Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Metz. I'm Jim Chapman, your happy moderator, sitting in the middle and not having to say very much today because the guys are going. I want to, uh, if we can, refocus a little bit uh, back to where we started before um, because there's an area here that I, I, I think deserves a little more exploration, and it's, it's the disagreement you fellas had over the funding of education, and particularly the choice issue. And, and Bob asked you a question, Jeff, that with all due respect, you never really did answer. Uh, the question was something along the lines of, if the present system is so good, why does it have to be mandatory? If its, if it's benefits are so manifest, why does everybody have to be forced to participate? Well, again, the reason that, uh, that we have a system right now where everybody buys in is because if you don't have that, then you've got people who have the means to do better, realistically. They can go out and, uh, and pay a lot of money at a private school. Then they opt out of this system. And I think it's the same argument for universal health care, and that is but that you have is, wealthy how people. How would there be, though? The wealthy people, the people that make over $150,000 a year in this country are something less than 1%. So let them go. Who gives a hoot about them? Well, basically, uh, 
what the difference between what we have now and what we would have then is they would be their kids would be going to the same private schools they are now. There might be more of them than there are now. It's just that they would be paying a lot less tax. So but they're still, basically but they're you're still educating their kids and their kids are still going to go into our society and presumably take the benefits of that education into our society. So why do we care? Well, what's what's sort of implicit in Bob's question was if our system is so good then any wealthy person would rather go send their kid to a public school than to send them to a private school. And I would agree that that's not the choice that they would make. So it's not it's not a good system then. No, it's a great system. Well, what's but, better about the private school? But if you're if you've got a lot of money, you can do better, and but that's what, true for just about any. any but what's universal better system. about the private school? If you look, if you I don't have the stats in front of me. If you look at the academic outcomes of the private schools in Canada, um, oh, I wish I had that study here. They don't oh, differ. They don't, but they don't differ appreciably from the from the academic output of public schools. I know. But so how are the, how are they better? Listen, you're you're talking to the wrong guy to sell to sell private schools because from my end of it uh, you know at university I see the guys who went to private school I see the guys who went to public school and I don't see any difference but a lot of people think that if your kid goes off to Upper Canada College and lives in a residential school somehow that's going to give him a big boost in life and I think a guy like Conrad Black would say that that's that was his education um, I don't agree with that but again fundamentally the reason why I disagree with Bob's Bob's uh, idea of saying if you don't like the system you can opt out of it is that a lot of people do that right now they are, tend to be wealthy people and basically all we'd be doing is handing them a big tax break for no benefit that I can see all right let's go back to the phones where Mike's waiting hi Michael all I got to say is this is a free country and people have to, to make up their own decisions where they want to send their kids to school correct yeah well they, they, they should well, be but like they're the not government is kind of forcing us and dictating to us about what we can do and what we can't do. But Jeff says that's their job. Jeff says they do they're, all doing day. That, they're doing <laughs> that for the benefit of our society. The benefit of our society. They're doing it for the benefit of their pockets. Well, I right. think pockets in what sense? Are politicians rich? That's right. Okay, no, I don't know any, but I'm sure there's a few. I guess Brian Moroni is. Well, to me, I, it sounds like you're a hypocrite and you've been brain brain fed too much by the government. <laughs> well, I want to back <laughs> up just just a second, Mike. We don't need to insult anybody here. But, well, I but, do insult the government because they keep insulting us all the time. But you, you made you, you made a comment that the government somehow gets rich by this. I they do. Who gets rich? The government. Any government official. Any government official. That's right. The, how do they get rich? Because the money sure doesn't go to all education, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, but how do they get... I don't understand. I'm, uh, I'm, I want you to, I don't understand how you think they get... The Prime Minister makes, what, $180,000 a year. Yeah, and look where he is today. He's across Europe. They're using our tax money to pay for his little trip. Yeah, well, good point. But we, but we all That's have Bell Canada. We paid right. the president of Bell $20 million bucks last year. Pardon? But, but, you know, you say you resent paying him $180,000... But then you, you you buy a phone, and your phone uh, is with Bell Canada. The head of Bell Canada last year paid himself $20 million. Doesn't that bother you? No, because they're not taking it from the people. Uh, he took but it out of my phone bill. They say, you pay this tax, or we'll take your house, oh, or we'll take this from you, or put you in jail. You know? That's, that's what governments do. Governments create laws. They put you in jail. Governments they tell you what side of the road to drive yeah, on. The they're in your face all the time. Laws. Government is an instrument of force. Okay, That's what you're acknowledging by saying government. that. All right. Thanks for the call, Michael. Take care now. And Sue's up next. Hi, Sue. You guys are defending the Harris government there. I have a big problem with the school system myself. Mm -hmm. I have a six-year-old little boy. Jim mm -hmm. and I, you've discussed this before with me. Mm -hmm. And since December, when I took him out, he can now read mm -hmm. at an appropriate level. Yeah. He can now write, and he can count, he can add, and everything. Things he could not do in September through December... And I can't even get any money to pay the tuition. You know our financial situation also. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're week to week with groceries. Mm -hmm. And 
it's tough. And I had to put out of my pocket to get all of his things, and the school wouldn't help me at all. Okay, now let's, I, want, I want to ask Jeff about that, because here's a perfect example of a situation where she is forced to pay money into a system that does not work for her child. Yeah. What possible justification yeah. can there she's be for her those, to pay education taxes? Well, this is, this is where I'll stop help, defending yeah. the Harris government, if you like, then. The, 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 yeah, we've, we've had a system that in the past has been very good for students. What we've done in the last several years is cut out a ton of funding so that the number oh, of well, students... I can, I well, can let me finish if I can. Let me, now. This yeah. is not a new... Let me finish for a second. If this was a new story, I would agree with you. This is not a new story. So is not the Harris government. It's not the Harris government, for God's sake. The same we look at, look at the number Manitoba, of kids per teacher. You look at, at the, the facilities. Okay, the, the question is, you're saying, is, is it the case that fundamentally there's something about a public school which just makes it impossible for people to learn in them? Just As long as it's public, publicly funded, you can't possibly learn. Or is it that we have a publicly funded system that isn't working right, in which case should we fix it? Well, or, or do we case, just throw it out? Sorry to interrupt you, but they That's said fine. this six-year-old child is too stupid to learn. They I'd be told interested me to see where that that's he cannot down. understand the use of information because he doesn't understand the concepts of the use. Okay, I, I'd be astounded to find that a teacher has called the kid stupid, but... Well, this is exact. I can show you his report card okay. if you don't believe me. Well, you should take that to the Board of Education, because if a teacher has said that a child is stupid, that's a horrible thing, and that's well, a bad exactly. teacher. And <laughs> you, you should talk to your elected officials. You've got and an elected board. And he's doing wonderfully now. And you've got an elected oh, board to deal with that. L listen, listen but to the, what listen I hear to you saying, people, what I understand you're saying... If gotta I go through your a politician, through this person, through that person, through that person, through that person, to get back to the teacher somehow. Well, I did mention the board, and I guess well, that's a horrible thing to no, say, that you should talk to the board and demand accountability. That, to me, is the way the system should work. But fundamentally, wow. it seems, sounds like what you're saying is there's nobody else who can teach your child other than you, and if that's what you believe, then that's what you believe. But should she have well, to pay somebody else? Believe me, it would be a whole lot easier for me to march his little tail down to the road and pet him on the bus in the morning. I've got four kids under six. But I don't understand whether you're saying that there should be uh, some kind of a specially trained is, teacher at the school who's specially trained to deal with folks who, who may have the situation that your child does. Would it be better to have a, a, an expert, somebody who's got special training in that, available to teach? Or is that just a waste of time and it has to be the parent that does it? Well, I had to teach him when he came home after school at night. Jeff, it's I've a lot cheaper for us to have her do it than that special teacher do it. Well, we don't support that right but now, but there's no reason why we couldn't. he doesn't need a special teacher. He is doing just fine at home. In two months, I've got him to the point where he can actually read and write. Well, he seemed to need a different teacher than the one he had. Well, she just didn't like him. She had 20 students in this class. She had a full-time aide. She had three resource people. Plus, she didn't have to teach uh, music, art, or gym. So that's, it sounds like it was the, the person rather than the classroom. No, that's, that's, the, that's the whole language that approach is my to point, teaching. But I don't have any choice. But to pull him out, because I can't take him to another school. Sure you can. No, I can't. Well, I yeah, don't have can. transportation. <laughs> I live in the country. Yeah. Well, right off the bat, as I say, you know, it, it comes back to... It was the teacher's problem, the teacher's fault, but I get stuck with the problem. Yeah. Sue, thanks for the call today. Thanks. Appreciate it. You know, Jeffrey, though... She just explained what a horrible system we've got under the Mike Harris government. No, she there. said there's a bad teacher out 20 there. 20 students in the room and a teacher and a TA. And I mean, a bad teacher. What a terrible system. <laughs> exactly. Six four three twelve ninety. We'll be right back. Ed joins us next. Good morning, Ed. Yeah, how you doing, Jeff? Fine, thanks. Uh, the fear of one of your two uh, colleagues there to lose the taxes from the rich tax base would indicate to me that clearly we're paying more for education per child on a tax basis than is actually required to educate the child. I mean, if we were putting the same amount of dollars into a private school, we would certainly be able to get 
probably a better education for each one of the children. And certainly if the scales were increased to the, to the point where they are within the public system, uh, the private schools would be thriving. Don't know where to start to come back from that one. I, again, it comes back to the question of where do you find your efficiencies? Do you pay the teachers a lot less? Do you get better buildings but, somehow? But Jeff, Where's the money? Why does that show matter? me the money? As long as the customer is satisfied with what they're getting, you but might. What you're want saying is we have a different. mandatory private system. Again, I, I just persuade me that it's cheaper. Is it because teachers work a lot harder? They can well, handle two classrooms at once. I ma just, a mandatory private system is a contradiction in terms. A private system means that the system's voluntary. Well, you choose which school you go. Show to. Show me the money. The mandatory. Show me system. where the savings are. Well, the savings are in the total spend on education. It's, it may not be to you. You might pick an education that you fundamentally, through the tax system, no, get I'm a better deal. I'm talking about an education system that is, you're, you're looking at the public and high school levels, where everybody is supposed to be getting the same curriculum to prepare themselves for further education. Mm -hmm. If I put $3,500, say, per year into a private school, I can expect a lot better level of education than the public school well, system, just why is because that? of the way their curriculum is set up. Are I'm they not smarter? sure why. That's the problem I have. Yeah. Are they a lot smarter? Are they harder working? I don't know. I just... If somebody can show me where the savings yeah. are, then I'm happy to look My at it. My experience as a trustee candidate, and I know people on the Board of Education, is that the schools no longer exist for the sole function of providing an education. They've become everything from a welfare agency to a child care place to a... I mean, education is almost what taking a, a back burner. Place? Well, I mean, they have a lot of students in the schools who, fr quite frankly, shouldn't be in the schools. They, they are special needs people who should be in special places. And the government, as well, who's should, pay for that? I believe, well, has programs set up to handle special needs kids, certainly within other sectors of the government funding. Is if, that not correct? If we weren't spending all our tax dollars, if we weren't spending all our tax dollars on the people who don't have special needs, the, pe the special needs people, believe me, would have well, more Well, when available. you say all of our tax dollars, surely you're suggesting it's some, some small percentage of our overall education, if you've got, uh, what, are we going to have 1% or 2% of the kids who are special needs kids? You're not suggesting that, uh, what, what percentage do you think goes to those 1% of the kids? I, I don't know the dollars and cents, per, but it's it's way disproportionate to what it would be for the other kids, and that's the whole point. But should we pay is, for them, or should we not pay for them? Should well, we say if you we happen to one of those special needs kids as your kid, you should have to pay for that the school? education budget. It should but be who paid cares? For. It's all taxes. No, no, no. If you want accountability in government, you have to know where the money's coming from, where it's going, and what it's doing in between. You can't just say it doesn't matter where it comes from. And Dad, I have to leave it there, but I appreciate your call, sir. All right, Good thank question. you. And Jed, you got 30 seconds. Take it away. Hi, how's it going, guys? Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick, just a comment in relation to what the, you know, I'm not sure which one of them said it a little while ago, but just the lady had called in, Sue had called in, about uh, her situation with her son. And uh, the one individual said that it's not a situation of a bad system, it's a situation with a bad teacher. That's what she said, yeah. No, that's what one of you said. No, that's what she They're said. They're just repeated the words. But yeah. the problem is, and then one of you said, well, no, it's a bad system. The problem is that if you've got a bad teacher, you can't get her out of the system. That's true. And I've experienced this, this with, with our own children where the teacher was horrible. We had to basically force the principal to move our student, my, my, my son, over to a different classroom. And that teacher is still teaching. She's horrible. And you can't get her out of the system. And that's a problem. And there's no accountability once a teacher is in the union and is, 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 is teaching in the classroom. And there's no accountability. There's no way for them to, to remove that teacher unless they do just something that's so deplorable that you couldn't even talk about it over the air. Now, Jed, I have and, to leave it there. the accountability? If we have to pay tax dollars for these teachers, I can see why people take their kids out of the school system 
and take them home to do homeschooling when you've got that situation. All right, thanks for the call, Jed. Appreciate it. Thanks to both of my guests, Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Metz. They'll be back next Wednesday from 11 to 12 again. Thanks to you for listening today. We invite you to stay tuned for Ask the Experts at 12.30, just a half hour from now. Bud Polhill will be in our automotive expert to answer all your questions, automotive-related and otherwise. Uh, we would remind you that tomorrow we've got...